Welcome to Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. Today is May 22nd. We have a fun conversation prepared as we are diving into analytics, video, the draft process, and sports tech with Chris Harvey, the national pitching cross checker for the New York Mets. Let's dive into this week's episode of Seed Talk. Welcome back to Sports Tech Atlanta. Uh, we are thrilled today as we are joined by Chris Hervey, national pitching cross checker for the New York Mets. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's kind of a dream come true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting for the phone call and it finally came. So uh, another bucket list item has been checked off. I mean, Chris, it's, it's a big moment. Um, everybody that we've had on for Seed Talk so far, let me just say profile skyrocketed after. So I obviously have a big profile to come that you're coming in with. So next position, it's Manfred's position. So that's all I can say. It might be might be the next step for you after this after this release. But we're happy to have you on. Yeah, man. It's uh it's crazy time. So glad to be on and talk talk about yeah. baseball and whatever you guys got. Yeah, how we I, let's start with that. It's it's crazy times. It's Memorial Day. You, what would you typically be doing right now for Memorial Day? With with how kind of crazy your schedule has been the last few years? Yeah, typically right around Memorial Day. Usually the draft is early June. Um, we would typically be in meetings for ten days to two weeks leading up to the draft, which we're actually kind of able to replicate that, um, okay. you know, through Zoom and 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 those type of platforms but it's still not the same as having you know 10 12 guys in a room and you know talking about the players and, mm-hmm. and having uh heated debates um and keep it pc um but yeah i mean at this point we're able to pretty much fully do what we typically do so okay. two months prior to this it was i mean completely out of our comfort zone how how much of that now and obviously you know, we, we focus on a lot of the, the tech and, and the sport infused. Um, but but your your job, right, is to go out there and travel and really see guys in person. But what are you really able to do this year because of everything going on with COVID? Yeah, so it's been, I mean, you know, we got four weeks of the college season. Um, but that's it. So obviously we were able to see not nearly as many players as we wanted. So it's just basically been um, – just watching the, all the games on video, which, I mean, in, in terms of that, I mean, we're light years ahead of where we were two, three mm-hmm. years ago in terms of having a library of games and being able to see, yeah. um, you know, all the stuff. So it's been great to have that. I mean, we have basically every pitch and every swing, every Division One college player has, has taken this year, um, which is good. But on the flip side, it's bad because it's still only four weeks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what you're seeing, you're not sure if it's, you know, noise or it's the real deal. You know, a lot of guys in four weeks can be, you know, Mike Trout that isn't Mike Trout and Mike Trout right. can be you know, one of them. a yeah, random dude you never heard of. Exactly. Yeah. Anyone can have a good four weeks. So um, it makes it tough for us to kind of, you know, suss out, you know, what's real and what's not. Um, yeah. It's also a challenge. I think I, I've noticed this, like the video scouting is good. You can see some certain things that you can't see, but um, you can't replace a live look. There's a lot of things you can't get off video. Um, and I think it's also been a challenge just because we're so used to evaluating in person, right? We go to a game, we're creatures of habit. We have the same process. We go to the same places. We look for the same stuff and we can't do that off video. So you kind of feel naked. Um, even after you watched 400 pitches, a guy through this year, you still feel like I'm missing like four or five boxes here. So, uh, it's been a challenge, but 
I'm no national scout, but I've seen a few movies. Trouble with the curb. Get them on Zoom. If you hear the pop, <laughs> I, I heard the pop. That's how guess, you, know legit. you can hear the fastball. It's legit. Um, unfortunately, the video we have has no audio. So, um, yeah, we're, we're a little bit in trouble there. But I guess the good thing is 30 teams are dealing with the same thing. Right. So, um, I mean, know. it's. It's a new world. Yeah, it's a new world that we're trying to navigate with uh, sure. COVID and and a new normal that's going to be around for yeah. you know a year, year maybe two years plus. It just depends on how everything kind of kind of happens. So at the moment, you guys are really utilizing Zoom, I assume, or video conferences. Um, you know, obviously everybody's everybody's remote. So with that, and you just express your difficulties, because uh, kind of staying towards the draft aspect, of everything. Are you guys just all going to like just one big war room, kind of how like uh, NFL did it a little bit? I know you guys are still working it out, but what's kind of the the pathway that you guys are you know anticipating for the draft coming up? Yeah, we definitely have a lot more questions and answers right now. Um, but that I mean, yeah, we're going to anticipate it looking a lot like um, the NFL draft where, you mm-hmm. know, everyone's remote and we got five or six, you know, you got five, six, seven monitors. Uh, on your desk. Um, I will. Every team's different. I will say though, every year we were a team that brought our entire staff into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some teams will only do, you know, upper level staff, and your area scouts actually stay at home. So um, it'll probably be a little bit of a bigger uh, change for us than some of these other clubs that are used to maybe communicating with their guys over phone throughout the draft. Whereas us, it's basically just you turn around and go, hey you know, so-and-so and you ask them the question right there. So right. Um, that, that part would be a little bit difficult, but I think we've, we've had enough experience um, with this, uh, just with all the Zoom calls, it's kind of been good practice, but um, we'll see. The draft moves quick, so that'll be the biggest challenge, just kind of. Okay. It's, it's going to be tough to have a test run, I think, um, just in terms of like the actual speed of the draft and, and all the moving parts that go along with it, but we'll be fine. We'll, okay. we, we always find a way through. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch and and see how everybody navigates um, through the draft. But with sports and technology, that's the big thing that we discuss here in the cross section between the two. Um, We've done a lot of stories when it comes to analytics. Uh, I'll kind of let Sterling go after this. But from from seeing analytical breakdowns of using this new tech, new technologies that are coming out with you being young um, within the MLB, kind of what has been. You're, have you had a blend of kind of the old school feel of looking at data, um, going say the, the the Billy Bean round, and also just using your gut and by by visual, visualizing and seeing and just trusting what you know? So do you take a lot of an old, an old school approach, or you just got your the way that you do your stuff? And you know, obviously it's been working, but how's your philosophy there? Yeah, um, so I'm going to give you a, a generic cop out answer, but I'll go into more detail. It's definitely a hybrid. Uh-huh. It's a blend. I mean, uh-huh. you, I think it's kind of career suicide if you don't um and i just don't think extremes are good on, on any it, it doesn't matter where we're talking baseball or whatnot like if you say i'm only this or i'm only that like um you're, you're missing the boat mm-hmm. I, I think the people who are most successful at whatever industry they're in um they're able to synthesize all the different information put it together and then and then kind of blend it so um i mean for me this is my this will be my fifth draft and it it has changed so much just from the amount of information that we have Mm-hmm. today that we did back in 2016 um and just you, you know specifically things like um uh batted ball data for hitters and then pitch metrics 
for pitchers. So it's one thing for us to go in there and, and see a pitch and grade it out. And then now on the back end, we have the metrics that can either back it up or tell us that, or not tell us, but suggest that the metrics point out something different. The interesting part is, and I mm-hmm. think the good part is, 90% of the time, what we see is what the data says. Right. Okay. So I think I, I think a lot of times it just reinforces what we already believe, and it shows that we're probably better at our jobs than we give ourselves credit for. Now the other ten percent, um, that that's where you kind of start to dive in, and you have those debates, and you you try and figure out, okay, why are these things not matching up? And then you start to dig deeper into video, you start to dig deeper into the player, the human, all those things. Um, you know, just using pitching as an example, you know, the, the pitch metrics might not like a slider. Mm-hmm. But what they what they don't know and what the scouts can bring is we know that he just added that pitch in January um, and he actually just tweaked mm-hmm. the grip in March. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things change. And, and I think the one thing and I, uh, analytics always associated with baseball and rightfully so, because I think it's the one sport where you probably remember the stats and the big numbers more than anything. Right. Like home run records, hit records, stuff like that, for whatever reason. But I will say in terms of what we do on our side in the draft and even player development, mm-hmm. um, it, it's misleading because our guys are so far away. This isn't the NFL. This isn't the NBA. Those guys are not walking in the door and playing on Sundays or, you know, going to be on the starting five. Like that, that's not what we deal with. The guys we draft, even the quickest ones are two years away. And that, I mean, right. that's like lightning speed. So we, we can't, I think it's the performance stuff. I think we've gotten much smarter with. I, I do like a lot of the pitch tracking data, the batted ball data, um, any info we get on just in terms of how people's bodies move and like athletic measurements. I think that's really helpful, like combine style yeah. numbers that we can get from guys now because they have they all have access to it. It's in every right. facility they train at. So we can get all these numbers from these guys. So I think that helps us plug in holes. And I don't think it's, it to me, it's less um, subjective than, hey, this guy hit, 370 with 12 homers and 400 and you know 480 on base percentage in the SEC. You don't get a lot of context from that. I think this other stuff gives you a little bit better context. Mm, perfect. Yeah, so, uh, a couple things of follow up there if I can. Uh, the first is that like baseline essentially that you talked about. To your point, right? Guys don't get to the pros super fast. So, is there something that you're taking like okay, I'm, I'm watching a high schooler. What are you then kind of comparing them to see like what that projectability is? Is is it just metrics that you guys have created internally, or is there something that you're like, hey, this is hard evidence that maybe they're not going to be Mike Trout, but they could potentially be, you know, like an eight, ten year pro? Right. The high school stuff, I think the college stuff, we have a little bit better grip on, just mm-hmm. because usually from a physical standpoint and a um, um, like a stuff standpoint for a pitcher, I think we're we're close to their peak. At that point, you're probably just talking about polishing. So you can kind of, you kind of have more history and track record of okay, he was this in college. How does this translate, you know, to the major leagues and stuff right. like that? What does that development path look like for the high school guys? It's still more of a challenge because outside of your premium guys, a lot of these guys aren't even physically close to what they're going to be. So you know the, you know the the strength numbers might not come back how you want them or the the pitch metrics or the batted ball data is not quite there yet so mm-hmm. and we don't have enough of a history to know that okay this guy's average exit velocity is 85 as a high school senior we, that's pretty good for his peers but in terms of how is that going to translate we just don't have enough data to go off yet so mm-hmm. 
I think when we're dealing with the high school population, we're still relying a lot on our personal library of players. Okay. That that type of body type, that type of swing, that type of athletic background, that type of just general athleticism. How is this guy typically progressed? Um, you know, on his path to the major leagues, and ultimately, what is what is their upside, and and you know, how much risk do we think there is? So the college stuff, I think we can rely on that a little bit more. You can be a little bit more analytically inclined. Yeah. I think with the high school stuff, you, you still really have to get out there and, and see them and. Um, just to circle back to the draft, like we're dealing with that right now. Um, so maybe these college guys that no one saw in person, yeah, we can go pull up a hundred at bats or we can go pull up right. 30 innings right. and we can watch that. And you get a pretty good feel. These high school guys, you don't have that. Even if they were playing, you don't have that. Right. Um, and some of these high school guys never even played, but you know, for the Florida kids, you know, they played 15 games already, but we don't have any of that video. Right. So, so kind of question for, uh, you know, the common fan that's out there, especially with how much, how much video that you start seeing rolling out from high schools. So for the biggest prospects that are out there, um, there's not, I guess, dedicated, you wouldn't have somebody dedicated to, you know, filming their, their, their high school games. You just kind of rely on what tape that they just have, you know, off the rip from their high school provided or, or from. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So obviously college is much more organized, you know, virtually everyone has a deal with synergy. Uh, they use synergy sports and, and colleges use it for like scouting purposes too. So everyone's right. involved. Right. So everyone has an incentive. Obviously oh, I know that, stuff, that cowboy clicker. Everybody knows yeah, that clicker. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. So um, the high school stuff, you know, in the summer we have a lot of events, um, you know, organized by scouts, put on by scouts and that stuff. So we set that up and you, we usually have, you know, we'll get plenty of video from those things. Usually um, mm-hmm. scouting girl helps us out with the video as well, but, once we get into the spring season, it's basically the video you get from the game you went to. So ideally, you'd see a guy six, seven times over the course of the spring, and you would have six, seven different, you know, videos put into the system by the end of the year. Obviously, parents can send you stuff. And right. uh, tw- I mean, I, I see so much stuff on Twitter and Instagram now. So um, it's all out there. So it's I mean, it's kind of a team effort. You kind of just take what you can get just because it's so much more inconsistent. Um, so basically any way we can get our hands on video, uh, we get it. So what, uh, what are you guys using in house at the moment? Um, you know, from a say like armband that'll track, uh, and help with metrics. What do you guys, you know, current, if you can't, if you can divulge it, if you can't understand, uh, so are you guys using anything like that? So say, you know, you hop on the flight, you fly out to Topeka, Kansas, and you got to look at somebody and you're like, hey, can you can you wear this as well? So it can make for a comparison to say, you know, people that you already have or say past pro- pro- uh, prospects so that you have that database that you continue to build and, and go off of. So for on the evaluation side, it's um, in terms of the spring, it's very difficult for us to get access to players like that because our draft is unique where. Our, our draft basically happens in the season. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the football and baseball and hockey drafts where these guys are done playing and now we can have access to them and, and, and get all this information from them. We, we don't have time for a combine like thing or anything like that. So right. um, we have, we've in the past, we've done things with blast motion where in the off season or preseason workouts, or even at a pre-draft workout, we'll throw the blast motion sensor on their bat, get some of that data. Again, this is like supplementary, information like it, it's just added to the pile we're not making decisions off it um 
one thing now that we get we that players will send to us without even asking for now um, is their rap soto data um, okay. whether it be from games so the the college kids we get all the the college kids use trackman mostly and we get all that information we have a deal with trackman um, okay. the high school kids and the, and the junior college kids kind of on their own so a lot of them use rap soto it's a much more affordable unit it's much more mobile um, so we'll get all their pitch metrics um, from that and they'll send that to us and that's hugely helpful because you know, when we're comparing high school to college kid and you're like, hey, who are we taking here? Um, you know, you're comparing apples to oranges in the first place. And then it becomes even more, right, more stark that difference because the one guys you have so much more information on. We have what our eyes see and now we have what the data is telling us. So we're doubling down on it. Right. Whereas the high school guy, it's like, well, all we have is what our eyes see. But so now we're getting that backed up by data too. And it's like, no, look, this is exactly what we're saying it is. So it just, it makes you feel better. So just in terms of going to a game, no, you know, we're not going to do that. And agents aren't going to let us do that either. Okay. Um, but the off season, we have a little bit more flexibility, but a lot of it's just kids being proactive, frankly, like, cause they know how important this stuff is. Right. Cause the colleges like it too. So they've had, they've gone through the recruitment process. Right. So they know that these colleges want it. So they figure, well, colleges want it, you know, major league baseball wants it too. I don't know if everybody's asked this question, Sterling. I'll let you follow up after, but it, it, it it's something I've always wondered. Why and and it plays to exactly to what you were just saying on how much time you don't have, seasons done, draft comes up. Why don't we get a little bit more time? I want to see some extravagant stuff like come down for the MLB draft. I I want to see it take that next level. It also gives you guys a, a little extra time to evaluate if you can do some type of combine type type program, but it happens so fast. Why don't they allow, and I understand college world series and, and how that can, and you know, how that can stretch out, but why don't you, you plug in uh, or how, why don't they discuss moving it so that you can have a little bit more evaluation ability and then making it a bigger uh, thing for prospects as well as letting people in their homes understand who these prospects are instead of, you know, five years later, three years, you know, or three years later, Oh, this is this is who who our prospect was that we that we that we, that we drafted, and then now they're here. But I wish I would have known a little bit more about them to love their story. Yeah, so that would require um, make make me look like an idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you look smart here. This that's gonna require people to change something that's uh-huh. been going on the same way since the '60s. Um, you know, it, it's been talked about. I do think it's coming at some point. The draft's gonna be pushed back, probably till July at some point. Okay. Um, but there's, I think just generally speaking, um, there's a lot, there'd be a lot of ripple effects to that because you have summer baseball that is played from basically the end of May through August. And then on top of that, you have the short season minor league teams, which obviously if, if you guys have been following a lot of those are going to be, you know, cut, right. um, and whatever downsize, however you want to call it. So, but a lot of those seasons run June through the beginning of September, basically, you know, June through Labor Day. Right. So, and those rosters, at least half of them rely on players from the recent draft. So you push that draft back to July, end of July. Mm -hmm. What are those teams doing for players for two months? Um, So that it's just, it's been something that nobody's really probably wanted to deal with. Um, But I I think it's slowly coming. And I think this kind of sped it up um, the COVID thing. So, um, yeah, it would be great for us too. Cause we could get, we can, you, you can know, get, hands- get more personal. Yeah. We can get exactly. our hands on these more guys. Hands on. Yeah. And, and we can answer some of the questions that we have. Cause I mean, even if we scout these guys for a full year, 
we walk in, in in June and we still have questions that we can't answer and maybe they're not answerable, but I think right. some of them are. So, right. yeah, I, I think it's coming, but it's, you know, baseball is always the last to adopt, adapt. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's big too. Cause for, for, you know, fan bases and, you know, baseball has probably some of the most rabid fans. If you, if you really put it into context um, across sport, all sports, because they dive in analytically and then mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're like, well, you know, our front office really isn't doing what they should be doing, but they don't, I don't think everybody understands. I surely didn't a lot of the context of what you lack in availability to a lot of the players. So it's just going mm-hmm. off of a, your gut feeling, be the analytics and, you know, going on, you know, like you said, blending that those together. So yeah. it would just help your job, y'all's job out. And then it makes it so I know who, like, I would, I would have loved if, um, I had his. I just had his name, Mississippi State player. That Mississippi State uh, was he shortstop or left field that you know hit the hit the, like walk off home run um, last year. He was like a fifth, fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth year senior, but he's really started coming along. Jake oh, Mag- Magnus. Or oh, Jake Mangum. We Mangum. Jake, we drafted him. Yeah, Jake, Jake Mangum. <laughs> but so his story, <laughs> his story was all, and I was like, man, it'd be cool if like more people around the country were able to. Uh, kind of know about that process. You know, you can you can really understand like stuff that behind the, behind the kids. So it's like that's what I wish you, you, we could have more for you know these college baseball players. Yeah, I, I mean we we need in high, high school. I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and I think people you know people care about prospects in the yeah. draft way more than they ever have. You know, fans do. I, I've seen way more mock drafts this year than I ever have. Maybe that's just because <laughs> COVID and, and no yeah, one has anything right. else to do. But like. You're about to see I mean, Mel Kuyper. <laughs> yeah, Mel Kuyper's about to start doing MLB mock drafts. But like from our perspective, like the technology is I just looping back to the video and stuff. It's been huge for us like this year because typically, mm-hmm. like, you know, you went through it. If someone goes to watch your film, at the end of at the end of the the season, and they're sitting there in February, and they can watch literally every fucking snap. Yeah. Ooh, can I curse? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. They can watch every snap. When we go to evaluate a guy, now, granted, we have depending on how good the players will have four or five people go in. Right. When I go in to see a pitcher, I go see one outing. Right. There are high school players I see pitch for three innings, and I have to write mm. a full report off that guy off three innings. That's I have tough. no, I have no idea what went on that day for that kid. I have no idea. I, I, I know nothing. Hopefully, nothing. I've seen him over right. the summer. If Hopefully he had a biology test, or, you know what I mean, yeah, like whatever. Like, that's tough. I, that's so tough. Or, like, I, I don't know if his coach made him throw like an, an extra side session that week. I have no clue right. what's going on. And yeah. I get three things, and I have to come up with this, you know, summary and this projection on this guy, and saying, "Hey, let's give this guy a million and a half dollars off three innings." Like, and granted, we piece together a variety of looks, but like, that's a horrendous process. So like this year has shown, like, at least shown me where I've stole a player early, I submitted a report, and now I'm sitting back and watching all his games. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to update that. Like, this is great. Like, this is great. We're making calls off that game. So right. I, I think ideally, if you use technology the right way, it can give us a more full picture. And I think that's what we're talking about here is just getting that that full picture of the player and, and yeah. not winging it off one game, one look like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I know. And I know people are listening like, yeah, you know, cause with everything COVID going on MLB, everything, you know, that's trying to be figured out at yeah. least, po- at least there are some positives that can help change um, y'all's direction on, on things and, and, For and sure. help benefit uh, at least, you know, y'all's evaluation process at the moment. 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. What is uh, what's something that you either see now or you use now that you wish you would have had back in two thousand nine on the Indiana Hoosiers that you feel like would have helped you in your baseball uh, career? Two, two, we got two things, both okay. technology related. Okay, uh, first one would have been Instagram. <laughs> uh, not going to go into detail. Yeah, uh, yeah. The second one would be just how much more we know about the swing. Um, you know, I had a fine career, but I mean, I was told swing down and knock the second baseman down. That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's what we knew then. That's awful. Knowing what we know now, it's right. awful. I was getting into the zone way too steep, way too late. I was getting out of the zone way too quick and I was hitting everything on the ground. Money's made in the air. I had, and you know, that's just what it was. And that's what I was taught, but just how much we've learned about the swing and I've learned about the swing even in the last four to five years um, is amazing. And, and again, like we only really have figured that out through technology and really outsiders kind of figured it out, mm, you know, yeah. people who, and I think that's where a lot of the change comes from, right. Is like these people who aren't ingrained in the culture of it. Right. They're like, this isn't right. Or like, I'm just super curious about this. So they start doing research and they're like, eh, this might be different. And then all of a sudden, Everyone calls them crazy, tells them they're a lunatic. And then a couple people go and it works and they're like, nah, this is a one off. And then it keeps working. Yeah. yeah. And then all, yeah. Of, all of a sudden, this guy who made JD Martinez from a guy who was just released to getting, you know, a nine figure contract, like right. now all of a sudden is this guru and he's this hitting sage. Um, and eight years ago, he was called a lunatic. So, right. yeah, I wish I knew more about the swing. Uh, might not made that much of a difference, but uh, pretty sure I wouldn't have been worse. <laughs> and so I, I love that, that because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I always point to this one when people talk. Derek Jeter is one of my favorite players growing up. And there's just this constant like, oh, well, Derek Jeter did this. He threw his hands down at the ball and blah, 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 blah. And then you slow his swing down and you realize that his swing has a like natural – launch angle and upward motion to it just why yeah. it's so good yeah um, it's, it's the only way you can do it yeah it's, you can't you can't the ball can't be coming downhill and you're also swinging downhill that shit doesn't make sense like you got to match the plane right. to give yourself more time like it but again because we were so resistant to technology we were so resistant to actually slowing it down and and seeing it what is actually happening um yeah. you know and finally, when someone did that, we're like, oh, shit, we've been screwing guys up for years. I like how you said the outsiders, too, because that's that's a tough part about the analytics and the video and technology is it's developed by people that didn't play. You know, you right. hear comments by like Kevin yeah. Durant talking about blog boys, stuff like that. Like people people typically hate when people that didn't play come into your arena and try to tell you how to do stuff. But I think in baseball, it's truly been uh, an absolute wonder to be able to help oh, guys' yeah. careers and also help out like what we what we knew we kind of thought about, but now giving us any, like this data and this video, this visuals are like, hey, this is this is real, right? Like yeah. this is how you should be doing. Hey, this is how you should hit. This is how your your hips should be flowing and things like that. Hundred yeah. percent. And I'll say this. Um, I mean, you see, it, it's players don't give a shit what your background is. They just want somebody who can help them, right. um, which is huge. And and. I think something that we're starting to see now is we're getting really good at whether it's hitters or pitchers, we're getting really good at training guys, right? Getting them in the lab and saying, slapping a K vest on them or putting in front of the rap soda and saying, Hey, this is a sequence you need to get to be more efficient to maximize, you know, your exit velocity or your fastball spin rate or whatever it is. And we're really good at that in that setting. 
I think our challenge now is translating that, what you're able to do in that lab setting mm-hmm. and taking it to a competitive environment. Cause that's so tough because I I get bombarded with stuff all the time. Like, Hey, look From, at, yeah. you know, Johnny and his latest bullpen. I'm like, controlled setting. It's perfect. But. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 97 with that spin rate and an 88 mile an hour slider is fantastic. How come every time I see him, it's 92, 82 mile an hour slider and he can't throw strikes. Like there's, you know, so that piece we need to figure out how to mesh. And I think that part is the human part. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the part where I think people with the playing experience, people who have lived it, people who have had to make those changes, I think can really relate yeah. to the players. Like that's where, so I, you know, you'll see a lot of major league teams now where they have two hitting coaches and basically one is like the, the field guy, the game plan guy, the mental guy. Yeah. And the other guy's like the super technical analytical guy. So I, I think teams are starting to figure that out, that it's tough to get one person to do both and players want both and need both. So, um, you know, so, I think that's how you kind of bridge that gap. But that, I think that's the biggest challenge too. Like we're so good at training right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, everybody throws 96. I'm like, what the? Like, like, where, where is this? Where is this coming from? It's absolutely, yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts. You go back to, you know, 2001 and you're it's completely, completely different. Just like what yeah. the access the kids have in the, this day and age to be able to just progress. Right. So that, I mean, everybody has access to stuff. We're like, you know, during this, this whole quarantine, like, you know, they've been showing all those old games. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking games from like 05, 06, 07. You just watch the guy, the way the guys swing or just how they pitch. You're like, holy shit, this has changed so much. You know, just like <laughs> just the overall intent that guys have and what they're exactly. trying to do. Like, I'm like, oh, I just, you watch that stuff and you're like, man, we were like, we could have been so much better. Oh, I know. Like, I think so about it a lot. Better. And there's so many guys I'm like, that they, I'm not naming any names right now. But I'm like, they couldn't play today. You know what I mean? No way. No Actually, way. Actually, I'm like, going to name a name. Jeff, Jeff Bagwell watched like a ton lately. And I was like, there's no way he could hit a high fastball at like 97 consistently now. You know? Or, you, you know, you look at guys like, um, you know, um, like Juan Pierre. That guy, <laughs> it, it, that, he, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't even get out of double A. Because like, none right. of the analytics back him up. His style, no one cares about. Right. Uh, like yeah. that, that dude just, it doesn't, it's so, so weird. And then, you have, and then you've got, yeah, you know, like, and now you've got guys, these guys now who hit 210, but they hit 35. Yeah. And they, and they play, whereas in 05, like that guy will probably be riding the AAA shuttle. Because it's yeah, not the manager just like strikes out too much. Exactly. You know? like, not, cares. not putting the ball in play, not not hitting, not getting it in the direction we need to when, when we have man, uh, you know, middle yeah, base. Like, yeah, now he he launches 35 times a year. Who cares if he strikes out? Exactly. Like, like, that is literally best. 10 years from now, we're going to look back and do the, say the same thing. Like, holy shit, what were we thinking? But I mean, yeah. he's, two, o- he's 201, but. Uh, He's got 46. <laughs> yeah. wait, 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 okay, put him on the board. Kid, bring him yeah. back. Bring him back. <laughs> it's always it's always it's always evolving and changing. I think that's the fun part too, is trying yeah. to you know stick stick with it and learning new stuff. So I think that's the good thing about it. Um especially just baseball in general. I think we're we are always evolving, even though we seem like we're curmudgeons and old school. Yeah. Um I do think we, we do want to learn and we do want the information. Um we just want it presented to us in a way that makes us feel comfortable gotcha. um, and not overwhelmed. I well, think it's part of it. There's Very a lot well, of, guys. there's a lot of stuff that's going to be uh, coming out in the next, uh, that have been, has been released this year. You know, we've, we've been, 
you know, relatively green with this uh, sports technology podcast, at least. And so much stuff has already just kind of already hit the uh, hit the road running. And I would anticipate seeing it coming in in the next two, two or three years, infiltrating fully yeah. into into all the leagues. But I think you put it the best way is uh, as of right now, it's it's the perfect blend of, you know, analytics and the sports technology backing up what your feeling is and what you're seeing. So uh, you see it. And then this, the the tech is just you know uh, affirming what you you guys are doing. So, um, yeah, baseball the sky's the limit. There's some we've Sterling and I breaking down about the marketing that needs to kind of adjust because uh, yeah, you can't wait till the fall and and wait for those you know five and seven game series to to make up for the the rest of the season where you know viewership might be subpar to to, to say the least. Well, it's I mean, it's it's a regional sport, right? We all know right. that. Um, but you know, I don't, I, I don't know what your opinion on this. I don't buy like the whole pace of the pace of play stuff. I don't buy the whole kids don't like strikeouts and, and home runs. Like they want to see balls in play. I don't think a kid gives a shit about a, a four three ground so, out. You know, I, I actually do. So I, I, uh, you think a kid cares about a ground out to second instead of a strikeout? I do because okay. it's, because it's action. Right. I think the reason Thank why. You. Um, like I compared it to soccer. I did some like really deep digging when I definitely got way too drunk. I was just like into some, you know, tons of crazy web pages. But the the thing that was like very, um, very consistent was the fact that like the reason why soccer was taking off was like people knew exactly the time frame, right? It's, there's a 45 minute yeah. half, you got a halftime, you got another 45 minute half, and there's there's quote unquote action the whole time, like the ball is moving the whole yeah. time. Whereas in baseball, the thing that you're starting to see is a pitcher takes 18 seconds or 15 seconds to get the ball back, do his routine, get it back up on the mound, throw the ball. A batter, for the most part, is either taking or missing the pitch. And so you're not seeing anything. You're just kind of watching two guys like kind of swing and throw the ball. And that's not fun for a lot of kids, right? Until something happens. And to your point, we have a ton of guys that are hitting 210 with 35 home runs because we're in this kind of new era of guys throwing 97 at the top of the zone with launching. Right. I'm going to tell you one thing. If you can, we have the right person on who can elevate this because I said this two years ago and I believe it'll completely change the dynamics of MLB. And it's a very, very simple thing to implement. Bring back, not even bring back, implement college style rankings. So you got to, you got to set Saturday, Saturday, or you got a, you got a weekend series. Let's just say, is it? Let's it's the rail rail. It's called the rail. I always mess it up. Railway rail subway series. The Yankees, the subway series. The subway series. Let's just subway. say sub, Let's say the subway series. The railway. 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 Listen, I'm from Georgia. I'm from Georgia now. It's, that's all I know is about the railroads down there. Let me just tell you from the history. Oh, but shit. let's just say it's a subway series. We got number one versus number three full ranking in, in, in the in the whole in the whole league. And it brings people up like, oh, the casual fan, I'll just throw it on just because it's the it's the top, you know, top three teams. So I'll just throw it on. Boom, boom, boom. It's number one versus number three. And then you you hammer home that Sunday night game. But why boom, are boom. people so why are people so less? aware of who the best teams in baseball are but they are more aware of who the best teams in basketball are is it because of nba players that are just more recognizable like everyone knows who kevin durant is there's right? a, most people most people couldn't pick mike trout if they if you robbed their house yeah it's just there's is so much why? more drama yeah there's so much more drama in the nba, Dr- well, the, NBA drama. the nba is like days of our lives right now and i love yeah. it 
absolutely love it. And so people love that drama. And then they just, they're the, and it also leads to this. Um, there's so much unwritten rules of baseball that you have to follow that aren't in basketball. So NBA players yeah. can say, do a lot more. So say if you did that in MLB right. at the moment, things are shifting, but in the past, if you were looked, if you did that, you're kind of an outsider. That's not how, you know, you represent, that's not how you roll or, you know, you, you maneuver in the MLB. So that's right. If that shifts and you know, like the the ads have been saying, let the boys play. I think that'll help, and then yeah, that'll translate to off the field. It's definitely more of a buttoned up sport. I, I just think one of the challenges too, and there's no way to combat it, is it's 162 days. Wow, so year. long, so you long. know. So it's it's tough to really get jacked up about that weekend series, and that's also the beauty of it too. Is like in a normal year, right? Um, your team's on like every night, like they're with you every night from April through you know yeah. September and hopefully longer. So, yeah. but it's just you know, okay, so you get swept in the subway series, big deal. You got another series starting Monday, and then you got another yeah. series after that starting Thursday. So, um, I don't know. That's that's I'm a terrible business mind, so that, that's not my I stay well, out of that arena. You know, I know a lot of things are figured are going to be figured out. I know we're going to, I'll let I'll let you roll on this as uh, things are being figured out. We could see some positives for what they could shift or, or, or adjust in seasons with this lower amount of games that have been proposed. So it's going to be exciting to, to see MLB come back. Hopefully, if it does, if it doesn't, completely understandable for what we have going on right now. Safety first for everybody. I want you to continue to stay safe out here. These, these The streets are talking. The streets are crazy. So we appreciate you, Herb, coming on. Sterling, you got anything? No, it was good. I appreciate it. Chris, for, for you jumping on, man, taking the time out, uh, busy schedule. I know it's, you know, it's, it's Thursday uh, over there in the household. Yeah, I didn't know it was Thursday until dinner. Um, <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of a shock to the system. I thought it was Wednesday, but uh, it's, it's yeah. Groundhog Day. No, yeah, man, holy crap. But no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, it was always, I'm always down to talk um, baseball and anything like that, so. Hopefully you guys pick up a few more viewers from this and you guys can I, raise my, my profile as well. I hope so. You know, hopefully we get some, we get some Mets faithful to come on here, but um, yeah, from, they wouldn't know me from, from the, but from the lay, cause I'm the layman for, for all things baseball. I'm the casual observer for the most part. I learned a lot uh, tonight. So very informative, at least for me. So I know a lot of people that, awesome. in, that are the casual That's fan good. that'll That's be good. Uh, impactful. Glad I could help. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for jumping right. on, dude.